is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, December 10th, 2019, season 15, episode number 96. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. It's a Tuesday, so you know what that means. That means we got a lot of topics we want to hit. Our infamous gumbo show. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We also want to hear from you guys. The number is 888-855-2297. Again, 888-855-2297. If you should have questions or comments or topics that you'd like us to hit, feel free to give us a call. We'll talk about that stuff. But we got to start first with the NFC East. I'm assuming by that look on Dave's face, that says he's tired. He watched that game last night, and uh, I'd tired love to hear physically or tired of like the NFC East in general. Of it all, right? Yeah. But I'd love to hear from all you guys what your thoughts were last night as you were watching the the Eagles and the Giants play, and just how the game transpired. Um, you know, Eli looked like Peyton to start the game, and then he turned into Eli at the end of the game. That's what it looked like to me. Mm. No, he, he he had a great moment. It was awesome, but then. You know, the Giants aren't any good. The Eagles aren't any good. You know, but they got a little bit of momentum there, and that's good. I mean, the Cowboys are not going to be able to just, I mean, back their way into this. I mean, they're going to have to. They're going to have to win a game to make it into the playoffs. Win a couple games. So, you know, it's like they don't really deserve to get it just handed to them on a platter like that. You're going to have to actually win. So that's what it was. For all the problems they're dealing with, they looked pretty good. Just slicing right downfield in overtime like they did. I mean, mm-hmm. I know I mean the Giants aren't good, but the Eagles looked terrible for most of the night and then when the chips were down, they looked like a team that wasn't ready to call the season just yet, which I mean this, you know, the the division race isn't over if they lose that game, but they're in a heck of a tough spot cuz I mean, I think if if the Cowboys win one and they lose one, any combination of the next 3, then it's over. So they bought themselves some breathing room. And then jumped not, into the lead. I mean, they jumped into like well, not, not the lead, but they they have a better probably probably have a better chance to make the playoffs than the Cowboys. I, you think? I'm, it, honestly, it's just it's gonna it's gonna be that game, just like we've been saying. I mean, not not mathematically, but the Eagles have Washington, who's they're banged up as well. Darius Geis isn't gonna play next weekend. Um, it, 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 I just it's gonna be that December twenty second. And game. Philly had a was it their right tackle? Someone else was hurt. They've had a ton of injuries this year in that game, mm-hmm. right? Didn't oh they yeah, lose Lane someone? Johnson is hurt. Alshon Jeffrey left the game. Um, you know, Deshaun Jackson hasn't played for most of the year on IR. They yeah. they had one. You know, JJ Arcego Whiteside or JJ Artego Whiteside, as Joe Tessitore kept saying last <laughs> night. Uh, which I that's probably the correct pronunciation, but it just cracked me up. Who knows? Um, they they had one receiver left by the end of that game. Like Zach Ertz was playing receiver. Uh, I thought he said after the game he played every skill position but running back. I saw that Josh McCown was changing his helmets to be ready to go out as a receiver. I mean, it was they were going to have crazy. to do what they had to do at yeah. that point. Yeah, but if you, I mean, you just look at it from a mathematical standpoint. Let's say the Eagles beat Washington and the Cowboys lose to the Rams next week. That puts them both at 
Um, no, that puts. Or I'm sorry. No, that I'm sorry. That puts the Eagles in the one lead. Game ahead, yeah. But then they play each other. Right. So again, and then if the Cowboys beat the Eagles on December 22nd, they've got a relatively bad Washington team to wrap it up. Like I said, not mathematically, but it all seems like it's going to hinge on when they play each other. So what you've seen and what you saw last night from the Eagles, really what you've seen all season. Do you think if right now you had to decide which of these two teams you think is better, the Cowboys or the Eagles, which way do you side on that? I mean, you have to remember the fact that the Cowboys have, have basically beaten the NFC East, and they've beaten Miami, and they've beaten who's the other team I'm missing? Yeah. The, yeah. The, the Detroit. Did you Lions. have to say the Cowboys? You have to say the Cowboys, don't you? Because they played each other. I mean, that's the thing. That's what it's the whole college football thing. It's like well, if they actually play each other, you know, then you can determine who you know who's better than who. You have to go head to head, and right now the Cowboys have absolutely destroyed the Eagles and. Pretty much every other team in that division. Do you not give any deference to the fact that the Eagles beat better teams? They beat the Packers. They beat the Bills. Lost to the Dolphins at home. True. Yeah. And so the the point I'm making, though, is it seems like both the teams are a bit schizophrenic and all over the place. But if you look at it and you say, well, which of the teams shows that they can turn it on and when they turn it on, they can be pretty good? I think I have more faith in the Eagles based upon some of the wins that they've had. I haven't seen the Cowboys go and get a better team yet this year. Like Most of the time when they play better teams this year, they've lost. Or every time, Mm -hmm. they've lost. I think I'm with Nick, but it's hard to say that because they are mired in so much stink right now. Like it's been a pretty it's been since the Eagles game, really, since anybody felt great about where the Cowboys were. Like even I mean, they beat the Giants. They looked bad for three quarters of that game. It wasn't an impressive win. They, I mean, the, the Lions game didn't have anybody fist pumping. So it, yeah. it's been a while, but they did beat the brakes off that Philly team. Philly's banged up. Philly's got some ugly losses on their resume. I think the Cowboys are the more talented of those two teams, but I'm not trying to convince anybody that they should feel good about them right now. Yeah. But I think what the Eagles have in front of them seems to be a better road. I mean, they got to go at Washington, which I mean, they could easily lose that game. Yeah. Um, and then, but they have you know Cowboys at home. It's all division games for yeah, them, and right? And the Giants yeah. on the road. And by the way, and I this, wonder what the Giants are going to do. I mean, is Eli going to play that last game? I don't know what Daniel Jones' situation is, but it's just let's you know final. Try to get him to five hundred. Well, what is he? What do you he, mean? He's one below five hundred for his career. He lost that loss last night. Dropped him below five hundred. Any Hall career. of Fame quarterbacks below five hundred in their career? Uh, if Joe Montana is not below, he's right at it. I mean, not not Montana. No, no, I'm no. sorry, Namath. Namath. Okay, Namath. <laughs> is Namath not, in the yeah. Hall of Fame? Yes. Yeah. What? What do you mean what? Yeah. He's and that's really, terrible. Joe it Namath, doesn't matter. Like he, Joe Namath he called his shot. That's fine. why he's and known. That's, right? And that's why Eli will be yeah. in the Hall of Fame too. Joe like, Flacco should have done that then. Iconic we have. win. Iconic <laughs> moments. We we're yeah, gonna beat the 49ers. I mean, the lights are gonna go out, but we're gonna beat the 49ers. We've that's said what he should have said. We've Joe said Flacco. it before. Like that's the whole the whole story about it is if you can't tell the story of the NFL without mentioning their name, they probably belong in. I don't know if I necessarily ascribe to that because I think there's some guys oh. that are intricate to the story of the NFL that aren't Hall of Fame players, and I, I think that. Eli's kind of one of them. I but. hate that argument because as a writer, you know, you, when people ask you to write a story, the first question is how long do you need it to be? So how long is the story? <laughs> it's can you, volumes. Can you tell the Cowboy story without Tony Romo? I no, mean, that, and that's my that's kind of my if point. It's, if it's quick, if you want to tell a story of the NFL, I mean, Tony Romo <laughs> had a place point. in NFL history. That doesn't mean yeah. he's a Hall of Fame player. What, what right? place? Well, but well, I mean, I think that a guy coming from being undrafted 
to getting to the point where he was considered to be a really, really good quarterback. That's that a part st- of the story. I got that story. Kurt Warner? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that guy actually was working at Kroger or whatever. I get it. I'm just saying, though, that's still a part of if – you, if you were to tell your kids – if you're trying to tell your kids about the NFL, I think that's an interesting story yeah. about the history of the NFL. My point, though, is just because the story is interesting to the history of the league doesn't mean it's a Hall of Fame player. And in that, in this instance, I don't necessarily see Eli Manning as a Hall of Fame player. But that's my opinion. I, I do. But that's okay. I, we don't have to do that. We it's, all don't about do their, that. it's all about their defensive front. That's how they won wow, the Super Bowls. Okay. Just saying. We don't have to do this right now. Go ahead. But I, bet, I think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I bet Terry Bradshaw. Uh, yeah, he will I mean, be. Their defense was pretty good, too. Make no mistake about it. He will be in the Hall of Fame. No doubt about it. All right, let's move on. Um, actually, let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Jason Garrett and something he said about some changes that could possibly be happening. I'm going to get some opinions from these guys on what that could possibly mean. And we'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Ready? Okay. Give me an S. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, it's our gumbo show. we got a lot of stuff we're getting into today. I want to talk about Jason Garrett. There was a comment he made um, recently that and I thought was kind of interesting. And I want you guys to get paint some color to this because uh, I'm not really quite sure who or what he's talking about here. But here's the quote. He said, um, the guys who earn the playing time by playing the right way are going to play more. Obviously, you can't swap everybody out. That's not what we're talking about. But we have to look for opportunities to play the guys who play the right way. And have done that consistently when they've gotten opportunities. My question for you guys would be, who could he be talking about here? My, my, thought, guys. my thought, I guess, for when you think about who would be getting more playing time, when you think of all the positions, I think DBs 
I don't I don't know I don't think they offensively on the offensive line I don't necessarily think they make changes there I don't think they're doing anything with receivers I mean you have Gallup and you have Cooper and then you know slotting guys but that that's my thought There's, I don't I, know. I don't know if that means Jordan Lewis There's, that's the thing that's why I'd, I mean we got to talk about something I get it but I, it's frustrating comment because what is the right way your your right way is that you know toes on the line for national anthem? Is that the right way? I mean, what's the right way? Is it not dancing when a guy's hurt? Is it being in your gap? I mean, what what are you talking about? You know, being a disciplined player, being a good player. I don't I don't know. And he doesn't want us to know. He just wants to throw something out there to say, yeah, I'm going to make some changes because we've lost three in a row. So I'm going to make some kind of changes. You know, I'm not going to tell you what they are. I'm not going to tell the Rams what they are. But yeah, I'm going to do some things differently. So let me change the question. Let's let's not try to get in his head because that's a futile yeah. endeavor. Let's say if it if it were you and you were looking at this team okay. and you were saying we got three games left, I've seen how these guys have played to this point. Who are some guys or some positions that you feel like there is an opportunity maybe to upgrade what you're doing by getting this guy more opportunities, even at the expense of this other player? Oof. Upgrade, and that's what I was gonna say. Is I agree with what Nick was just saying. Like the right way, like that to me, that doesn't mean good. Like if you had better players, you'd play those guys. Right, right. Like that doesn't to me that doesn't say like we're gonna like oh we've got this cornerback who's better than Cheeto, but we just haven't been playing him. No, like that to me. I mean, and Are again, we sure that's not the truth though. Do, do you think they have a corner who's better than Cheeto who hasn't been playing? I, I will say this: I've been more impressed with the opportunities that, that or with what Jordan has done with the opportunities he's gotten than what I've seen but, from Cheeto this year. So my question would be: But Jordan is it worth playing? I, I understand that, but would it be worth in situations where there's only two cornerbacks on the field as opposed to three? Because Jordan is out there typically when they're in nickel. So my question is: Should this be a situation where maybe he should be the guy that's starting and playing more when they're in uh, their base defense? And bringing Cheeto in, even though Jordan will slide into the slot, bringing Cheeto in whenever they go to nickel. And I don't know. They that, could do that. I, they but. could. That's like twenty percent of snaps. I don't know. Like I have a which, again, to go back to my point is like, and I, I hate to I hate to infer because I could be wrong, but I hear that quote and I it sounds like a shot to me at guys who are not playing maximum effort, maximum max, maximum discipline, maximum. What the coaching staff asks of them, like that, is what I infer from that quote. Mm-hmm. And for me, I mean, based on the last game that we saw, I'm thinking about linebackers and I'm thinking about safeties, honestly. Um, and again, you're kind of in a bind in some of those spots. Leighton Vander Esch can't play right now. Right. Jeff Heath, maybe he can get back for this game against the Rams, but it's definitely not a sure thing. So again, you're short-handed. So Jalen Smith hasn't been playing well. I don't think Xavier Woods played a great game the other night. Um, maybe I mean there you got Joe Thomas and Sean Lee. Maybe you bump them up into the rotation a little bit more. I know. Yeah. I mean, I can hear people clamoring for Donovan Wilson, but I don't yeah. really think that's going to happen. I don't so. know if they trust him to do any better. Right? And if if you, I mean, if if Jordan Lewis, if they think that he could give them a boost in base, then I don't have a problem with that. It just doesn't seem like a big enough sample size of plays for me to get worked up about it. One of the things that I, I think they could do differently is not maybe not so much changing the personnel, but how they, they rotate it. Um you know, especially on the defensive line. You know, if you think about it from a standpoint of a basketball coach, you might play ten players. But just because 
you're six minutes into the game. You don't take all five out and put five new in and see how that works. I mean, you kind of sprinkle them in, in and out. That's what I think they should be doing with the D-line. I There was a game, of, uh, the Buffalo game, where uh, a couple of weeks ago, where they actually drove the, the length of the field, and it's just like, well, we're going to go with the whole backup. You know, the B team actually goes out there together. Tristan Hill, Kerry Hyder, Dorrance Armstrong, and at that point, Michael Bennett. And I'm like, why? You know, you're only a couple. You're only a couple of series into the game. You know, I and then we saw something really interesting. Yeah, that was. I was wondering if you're going to get to. That. I, yeah, very yeah. interesting. At the end of the Bears game, they're down, I believe, ten, third and seven. Bears about a couple minutes to go in the game, and Michael Bennett's on the field, and Michael Bennett basically points to two linemen to get on the field for this third down play. I don't care what the rotation is. Get on the field, and it was D. Law and Robert Quinn, and then Hyder and Armstrong kind of came out. That's maybe a shot at the coaching staff or at those guys. I, I forgot know. about that. That was really. I mean, he was standing uh, at was like, midfield, like get uh, out here. Come on, you, you know, honestly, it, it could be the coaching staff, but I also think my question would be if he is the one that's calling for them. Yeah, do, maybe it's the players. Tank makes enough money where if he's like, I'm going in. Whoever's in there is coming out, right? It, yeah. He could call his own own plays and say, I need to be out there right now. So if, if Michael Bennett is the one summoning him out, then why wouldn't he take himself out there? It would be yeah. my question, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think like <laughs> the whole hot boys thing, there's some negativity to it when you think about it. Just like we, we always said, next man up is, has got its downfalls. Because you can't just say, well, next guy up. I mean, put him in there because it's not the same. You have to do things differently because he doesn't play as well. So sometimes this whole group of we're in this together. I, mean, I get what Tank was trying to do and all that, and it works worked well last year. But it's not a group of nine guys that are all equal. So just because this particular guy has the cap, that doesn't mean that he can play on third and nine when you need him to. And if all of them are equal, then they should be paid equal. Right. They're not. Certainly not. They're not. And we They're, know that. When, you, when you're paid at a premium, then the expectation is that you're going to play at a premium. That means when there are money downs out there, mm-hmm. the money man needs to be on the money downs, no I would think. No right? doubt. Which this, this is what I keep thinking about when we talk about this. Again, the, the quote is the right way. The, like, that's defense just all the way. Mm-hmm. Like, is there, I mean, you go along the offensive lineup. Like, sure, they could get better production from tight end. Jason Witten isn't what he used to be, but like, is he not playing the right way? Right. I, I doubt that very much. Yeah. And, you know, Xavier Suofilo, like, is he not, he, like, they could get better play from their left guard, but is he not playing the right way? I doubt it. And Jerry Jones, like, every time he's talked since the Chicago game, he's harped way more on the defensive shortcomings than anything else. So that's, it just, I think that is where oh. the ire of this team is right now. Is this defense is just not performing? Xavier Woods, maybe, maybe Jeff Heath comes back and actually it's Thompson that stays in the lineup. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not trying to single out Xavier Woods here. How, how, how much do you think the Cowboys are now regretting their decision on draft day to not take a, a safety with that pick in the second round? Uh, even absent, yeah. even absent what yeah. they've gotten from Tristan Hill. Just thinking about it from the standpoint of. Has Xavier really developed to the point that they thought he would or should? And looking at the two young safeties who we've mentioned before and what they've done so far this year, do you think the Cowboys are regretting just the idea that they could have upgraded their safety position? Probably. I would think so. They, are, I mean, they've, and even before injuries, I think they knew, like before Jeff Heath, I mean, Kayvon Frazier is still mm-hmm. out. I think they, 
probably, I would assume, would be, you know, we'll be okay this year. We'll look into safeties next year when some of the contracts are up. But I think in hindsight, when you look, it's it's something they should have taken into more consideration and maybe made a move for. I think that's I think that's exactly right. The, I guess my pause or my hesitation was because, like, are they ready to call that a mistake? Like, and that, that's what I always, you know, I always joke. Like, it's not a bad idea. It's a, it's a bad idea until it's their idea or it's, a, you know, it's not a good idea until it's their idea. Like, are they ready to say that? I don't know. Like, maybe, you know, they have a much better read on where Tristan Hill is and how he's developing than I do. Like, maybe, yeah, that's a project for the next month or so is be like, do you, you guys, are you guys out on this guy yet? Because I, I just feel like they're probably not, even if I do think it was probably a mistake. And And also then you look at, the the trade that they almost made with Jamal Adams. Do they look back now and go, well, we're glad we didn't do that, or which they would have, you know, could he have changed a few games here and there? He did get hurt, but, I mean, there's no telling that he would get hurt there. And the thing about it is he's he's a guy that, that you know, you got your – last year you got your lift from Amari Cooper, and it, it basically got you rolling into the playoffs – Maybe that could have been that sort of guy for you this year that could have been that much of a difference maker for you to Team. where it, it kind of wins some of these games that you Team otherwise will lose. Uh, I don't think he's on IR. He is hurt. But he is hurt. Um, so that's two years in a row that a guy that almost got traded to the Cowboys he ends up getting hurt right after the deadline, right? Or after the deadline. Did, what, didn't Earl Thomas get hurt? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, he messed yeah. up his leg. Right. Didn't he Safeties. Uh, get carted off the field? And mm-hmm. Sure did. Had something to say about it, too. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't say it. He didn't say it. You know, I mean, and and who knows where the season would have gone. And obviously, I don't think they'd feel bad about trading for Jamal Adams. But if if a regime change is coming, then I think they'll be happy about having a first round draft pick heading into this new time. Yep. So. And me, as somebody who covers the draft, is very happy about that. So (laughs) let's take a call real quick. We got a call from Chris in Connecticut. Chris, what up? Good afternoon, guys. Appreciate you taking my call. Yep, what you got? Um, just first, I want to say, uh, as much as it pains me to say kudos to the, the Eagles, um, they you know they picked themselves off, off the ground and found a way to win that game last night. Unlike uh, the Cowboys, who don't seem to be able to come back from a three-point deficit, let alone 14. But um, my question to you guys is this, is how – how is it that we never seem – we know going into the game, or they know going into the game, even as a layperson, you know, we are really vulnerable to the screens. We're really vulnerable to running quarterbacks. And it's just, you know, it's game after game after game, and yet they don't seem to prepare. It's, you know, you, you see them line up the same way. You can see it coming, and I just don't understand it. Do you think it's a function of uh, the players that they have playing in the wrong scheme, or is it the scheme that's wrong? Uh, in that, you know, have they have other teams just figured figured us out? We've become so predictable. I just would love to hear your thoughts on that. Is it the players or is it the scheme? Because I <laughs> something's not right. Yeah. Well, I will say congratulations. You always want to be the first to do something. I think he's the first one to ever call and say kudos to the Eagles on here. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever said that before. Uh, it's all good. No, it's all good. It's fine. Uh, they did pick themselves up, but they did get down by 14 to the Giants. I mean, that I don't think they figured it out. I think that they won a game, but I don't think that they're they're any good, and that the Cowboys aren't any good. They're just gonna whoever's gonna, you know, walk into the walk into the door here. You know, last will win it. But um, scheme or players, Danny, you go. You take that. <laughs> that was, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say that that's what's frustrating is the way they haven't been able to defend mobile quarterbacks, um, and. 
I, I struggle with whether or not it's players because, for the most part, this is a lot of the same players as last year. I mean, you know, we haven't had Leighton. I know you have Robert Quinn and stuff, but I, I don't know that they've necessarily changed the scheme up so much. So I'm not sure if it's players just aren't performing for whatever reason that is. Uh, I know tackling has been such a large issue this year, and, I mean, the coaches can't go out there and tackle for them. So I guess I would lean more to the players just not performing well. You just – I just – thought of something when you said that you remember how last year ended how last season ended mm-hmm. what what play won the mm-hmm. game for the rams it was a yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A bootleg bootleg yeah. and, and he, by the way in that game it was a ton of misdirection yeah. and all that kind of but not all, really with him yeah. but they got until, run all over by cj anderson and yeah and Gurley. and then at the end it was it was that play yep so, because I because I was thinking, well, who do they play this week? They play golf. Well, he doesn't really. Oh. oh. Well, neither did Trubisky. Yeah. Well, I know that's right. what I'm saying. I'm like, well, maybe golf won't hurt. No, it's if you can, anybody uh, better than Eli would probably hurt him r- running, you know, with their legs. It's just the way it is. The answer is always going to be both. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell me the scheme doesn't work purely because this is the scheme that created the most dominant defense in modern NFL history. Like. You know, a lot of single high, cover three, Chris Richards. Uh, you know, it worked gangbusters in Seattle. Why did it work so well? They had Hall of Famers everywhere. Why did it work so well last year? Guys were playing like pro bowlers on all levels of the field. Byron Jones was erasing the right side of the defense. The linebackers were making good reads and making athletic plays. And that's, I think that is... I think that's the source of a lot of frustration is, you know, Jason Garrett, we associate it with offense a lot, but it's defense too. It's like, well... If we do this at the highest level possible, we'll be pretty good, and or, or we'll be very good. And they did it last year. And I think, uh, you know, teams spend an off season. You know, teams try to figure out Dak. They also try to figure out your linebackers. Like, oh, Jalen Smith doesn't change direction in space very well. Let's take advantage of that. Let's take advantage of the aggression of this defense and misdirect and do a lot of stuff like that. And again, if they were playing. At an all-pro level, if Leighton Vander Esch was completely healthy and playing better than he did last year, he'd probably be sniffing a lot of stuff like this out. But he's not. Part of that, maybe, you know, your development or lack thereof, injuries are part of it too. Coach's unwillingness to adjust from what had worked before, it always ties together. So I don't, you know, I don't think the scheme is bad on its own. But the scheme is bad when the players aren't operating at it at an elite level. And when you combine that with the coaching staff's unwillingness to tweak it to make up for their deficiencies, you get a bad product. Yep, you hit the nail on the head because if you listen to what the players have been saying after all of these losses, every single one of them, what I hear over and over in the locker room is, we beat ourselves, we just need to play better, we just got to figure out how to play better. Well, what happens in the instance where you cannot play better? You are playing as good as you can based upon where you are. Like if you're Jalen Smith and your limitations are your limitations and teams have figured out what your limitations are, you're not going to get any better. You're not going to overcome that limitation necessarily. So that's where I get back to if it's up to the coaches at that point to realize what we're asking of our players, they are not capable of doing. Yeah, we can say you got to be better, but you're not going to make me turn into Deion Sanders. Like it's just, it's not possible, right? And then that's where you have to kind of change up what you're doing because you may be asking something of your players that they're just not capable of doing. Yeah, but it goes back to what Danny said. If you can't tackle, I mean, a lot of it is simple stuff too. Yeah, but a part of that may be I missed the tackle because I recognized what was going on late. So I take off running full speed. 
Now I get out there and I'm over pursuing, and now the guy makes a move and he cuts back against me, and bam, he I've missed the tackle. Yeah. So there are a lot of things that can go into missing the tackle other than just I didn't wrap up. Yeah. Right? I mean, the, this it's it's everything. It really is. I mean, it, they're going to have a new coach. I think we all know that that Jason Garrett is not going to be the coach next year because they're not going to go. They're not going to get hot. There's nothing that says this team's going to get hot. And if they do, you know what? Call in and say you were wrong, and I'll be like, I was wrong, because I don't. They're not going to get hot, and and it's going to take something, and it's going to take a Christmas miracle and a New Year's miracle to get them to enough where you're like, I got to keep Jason Garrett. It's not going to happen. We always joke. We, I mean, you yeah. know, Michael Myers. We don't have to do it, but if in the back of your mind, I want to know from all of y'all, like the percentage. I think we would all agree that you're right. But what is the percentage in your head that they could get hot? You know, like you're like, oh, is it zero? Every time one percent? No, you know what it is. After you ask me that at the end of every game, I'm like zero percent. They are who they are. They're done. And then by about Thursday or Friday, same thing. The Amber was saying last week. By Thursday or Friday, I'm kind of like, I still do think this team has some talent. I still do think maybe they can turn it on. I still did see them last year after they had a dismal first half, just turn it on and go crazy. So maybe they have it in them. So right now, I'm probably feeling like there's still a 50-50 chance that they somehow 50. show up. 50? Uh, yeah. Well, like, my, point, my point is just a toss-up. What I know of this team is they are a toss-up. I don't no. know who they are. They're not a toss-up. They're not a toss-up. You're right. You're right. You're right. They're my, not a toss-up. My, but my mind keeps telling me I have experience knowing that this team is better than what they okay, are. Okay, hold on. But better than what they've shown. Wait, real quick, I want Danny's answer. Okay, is this is this it's for both. this week? It's the, it's no, Sunday. See, that's the thing. See, okay, we had I different think, answers. I here. think it's going to be getting hot in a misleading way. I think if they come out and they beat Philly, who's terrible, and then they beat Washington, who's terrible, and they're going to say they have this momentum going into the playoffs, winning the division, and I don't think it's going to be a real momentum because you just beat terrible teams. I don't think it will be getting hot in the sense that it will help them. Do we all think they're going to make the playoffs? I don't see it right now. That's because uh, I yeah, think most people like I you know I talk to fans on Twitter all the time like most fans seem to think it's like six or seven wins they're like we're not we're winning one if maybe any more yeah and I, I don't, don't think I still I don't think I believe that I, I think, think it's a toss up I, honestly just like I said about them getting on a run I think it's a toss up whether they win the division I think it's a toss up whether they get to the playoff like I just think all of this is in my opinion a fifty it is no different than basically flipping a coin because I don't have an hand I don't have a handle on when or if this team has the ability to turn on. I know they've got talent, but for whatever reason, it ain't showing up. And so does that at some point, can they figure out a way to get that that switch to flip? Or if not, they'll continue to be who they are. Mm. I'm, it, it's, it's interesting because they don't have to get hot like right now. They don't even really have to get – they can just kind of, like she said, just kind of stumble along and just win enough games and let the Eagles be the Eagles and – you know, you can still kind of back into this thing. But are you good enough to beat the Vikings or the Seahawks or whoever is going to be sitting there as the five seed? Yeah, the crowd will be hot and it'll be, you know, flat. We'll have the white towels going and all that good stuff. But will it be good enough to win? Yeah. I mean, I don't, and it hasn't been yet. You don't, they don't have to beat a team with a winning record to get into the playoffs. They don't. They can lose Sunday, beat the Eagles, beat the Redskins, and they're in. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, uh, I want to talk about something that Jerry had to say this morning on his radio show. Pretty interesting stuff. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Ready? Okay. Give me an S. Give me an O. Give me an S. Give me an O. What's that spell? So-so. Our 
if we play like we cheer? Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And OtterBox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce grass. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation tumblers at OtterBox.com. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this... the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Hey Cowboys Nation, this season when the Cowboys win, you get to experience the sweet taste of victory because if the Cowboys win, the next day Duncan is offering a free medium hot or iced coffee. So don't just celebrate the Cowboys success from the sidelines, head to Duncan and treat yourself to real victory because this season Cowboys fans aren't only winning on game day, they're winning the next day too with a free medium coffee. Cowboys Nation runs on Duncan. Excludes cold brew. Limit one per guest. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Back to talk it. Back to the break. Santa Claus is coming to town. He just he is, and that's a fact. And you sure? A, yeah, it's a fact. I'm actually I'm reading it right now. You oh, have a chance good. to take a photo with Santa at the star uh, this holiday season. Santa Claus will be at the Cowboys fan themed set on Fans United at the Star in Frisco now through December 24th. For more information or to book your photo, visit slash Santa. I have an idea. As a family. Why don't we all go out and take a family picture with Santa? That would actually be really funny. Dave would sit you on his lap, right? <laughs> sure. And me and Nick will stand beside on either side as the parents, right? I think that, Santa would regret that decision quickly. <laughs> I think this would actually be kind of cool. I would laugh. It would be great. Do we great. bring Danny, AG, we bring or both? both. Okay, we bring cool. both. We might even invite Kyle since he does the board for we us. Might. Yes. All right. We might yes. even invite Kyle. Kyle should And be we'll all go out and we'll do a family photo with Santa. Do we wear matching sweaters? Yes, we have to wear matching sweaters. I don't know what color we need to go with. Nick, Miller you got Light, an idea? Miller-like Christmas sweaters. <laughs> Perfect. That's the way we do I it. I honestly think this is a pretty good idea. I do, too. I think right. it would be awesome. I've always liked those miller Light. Christmas sweaters. We'll get yeah. you one. I then still haven't unwrapped mine. I still have it in my closet. I can do it, huh? What if Santa can have a Miller Light? Yes. While we're yeah, yeah he can do that. Us. We just need to bring it out. How much do these the cost? <laughs> I can work it out. Awesome. Thank I got you. connections. Cool. Just let me know. <laughs> Anyways, if you don't have connections though, you can go to uh visit the star slash Santa. All right, it's happening tomorrow. <laughs> got it? That sounds got it? way more fun than what we were talking about. So <laughs> All right, let's get back into some of that fun. Okay. Uh I did hear a quote from Jerry Jones this morning on his radio show here uh with RJ and uh Sean and RJ on uh the fan. And here's the quote and I want to get your opinions on what you think it means. He says, We haven't met with Urban Meyer. He says, I don't want to imply that we wouldn't. The implication is you're not interested. That shouldn't be the thought that followed either. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like how you laugh there, Nick. It's just, Thoughts. It's, uh, it's I had just, to I'm do. not interested, but I'm not not interested. Right. It's just right. Co- covering himself in case the future he wants to talk to him. It's not, well, you, you said a couple you weeks ago you didn't want you didn't, to talk yeah. to me. He also, and I'll, a lot of people have pointed this out to me today. He said, we have not talked to any coach. Urban Meyer is not a coach. He is an, he analyst, is an analyst right That's now. That's correct. So, just saying. Just saying. So smart. I, I did I did a massive double take. I, I was listening in the car. I was too. And I was just like, did he just say that even though he hasn't talked to him, he doesn't mean he's not interested? I like, started just laughing out I, loud. Like, no, I can't believe he just said that. I honestly, I was nervous because I was like, am I mishearing this and I'm going to get in trouble when yeah. I tweet it? Like, because that, to me... He's gone. Jerry Jones has gone out of his way to back Jason Garrett, and he's not going to do something during the season. And he still, I assume, won't. Right. But he's out here, you know, five days before a game, three games to play, playoffs still in play. And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, I might be interested in talking to some people. Which, yeah. you know, not that you're surprised to hear that, but I'm surprised to hear him say it. But in I, public, I will say this: like we all, I should say we all, me and Nick lived through a time when. Jerry was publicly not saying he was looking for a coach and was having meetings with yeah. his next coach, Bill Parcells, trying to figure out if he was the right guy. And so I think that when you're dealing with these kind of situations, you have to be very careful if you're in Jerry's position because anything you say, as in the case of this, can be used for or against you, right? And so you have to be very careful with what you say, but you also got to be thinking about the current and the future of your organization. Yeah. And if you're going to make a coaching change, you better have a short list of guys and be prepared to make that change before you fire someone. I think the worst thing you can do as the manager of any business is fire someone and not have a replacement option. Like if you don't have a plan already set up, then you're you're doomed to fail if you're going to just fire someone and not have a plan. Well, they don't have to he doesn't have to fire Jason Garrett. He you know, the contract True. will run out, but but like you said, I mean, he did he was sitting on the the runway meeting with Bill Parcells, I think the day or the weekend before that game against the Eagles, yeah. and so uh, in 2002, and you know, Campo was asked about it, and it was really awkward. And so, it's the same thing here. I mean, Garrett, you know, how, how does your team respond? That team responded with losing that game, like 27 to three. So, like that, that didn't do anything. You know, like that they weren't good enough to yeah. beat the Eagles that day. And I don't know if the Cowboys are good enough to beat the Rams. But as Dave always says, a great analogy of. Just when you think, you know, they finally killed off Michael Myers and it's over, like, this is it. All right, roll the credits. Finally, it's just... This would be... This is it. But this would be the comeback of all comebacks. Like, this is like the end of Halloween 8 where, like... He's been lit on fire and shot a million times and had the cement <laughs> truck dumped on him. hanging off. Yeah. Oh, and then the girls <laughs> this would hugging be on, her dad. She's like, yeah. oh, we God, made that's it. over. We Thank made God. it. We lo- we're alive. Oh, I'm sorry. I never want to ever think about that again. <laughs> like, that's it. This would be an es- the escape of all escapes. Which And that's, I mean, short of tampering, like obviously Jerry can't talk to other NFL clubs' coaches, but like short of tampering, I would be doing my due diligence on anybody that I might be able to talk to. Right. Well, who? I mean, Urban Meyer, Mike McCarthy's not working. I don't know. Whatever. I, I would be absolutely shocked. I'd be absolutely shocked if Jerry or Steven or whoever is having to think about these kinds of things doesn't at least, even if just in their minds, have a short list in their minds of if we are going to move away from our coach, who would we be looking at to possibly replace him? If you If they're not doing that, to me, that, that's just that's just that would be irresponsible. I, I would be absolutely shocked. Still strange, maybe not strange, but surprising that he would 
say something like that it is. on the radio yeah. the week before a game while also backing Jason Garrett. But that's the Cowboys. It's been an interesting, interesting couple of weeks, though, with every decades. statement. <laughs> every time I think decades. I've been part of the weirdest season, I'm wrong. I just, well, <laughs> 2017 still takes the cake for yeah. me. I mean, I don't, you, t- 2008 was pretty wild for y'all. This I'm sure. is 2008. But what happened in 17 again? I mean, everything. What? Zeke suspension, yeah. national anthem. Everybody got hurt. They couldn't do anything without Tyron. I mean, the team just absolutely fell apart without Tyron Smith. I'm probably forgetting some index stuff. Luck, Lucky Whitehead's dog, the index <laughs> card well, incident. About Lucky and his dog. I mean, 2017 yeah. just goes on and on and on. The index card to me is still just, that's just the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like, the more it goes on, I just like that's that's part of the rules. Like if you just can't figure it out, you have to just. I I, I don't even remember who had the ball. Did the Cowboys have the ball? Cowboys had the ball. They yeah. went for it and they and they wound up. They went down and scored after. But the they got index the card putting that there was showed that it was. It a was touchdown? that it was that close. Like yeah. he put the card in there and it like grazed the football. So it's and like that was proof enough down. for yeah. Gene's territory. <laughs> and he was smirking. And he had that smirk look he was on his smirking face, yeah. the whole time. Yeah. yeah. God, that was weird. It was. Yeah. And Which, then, and then, yeah, you I mean, you dubbed Jeff Heath the goat that game. I uh Jeff Heath's been the goat since way before then. He's just he's Was yeah. he kicking field goals that year? Was that the year? 16 was the field goal year and then 15 he led the team in picks and six, you know, he's 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 been a playmaker. That's all he does. Which team? Does, <laughs> don't ask that question. Sometimes, no, I, I like Jeff, but but yeah, I mean, he's had. I tell you what, Jeff versus future Hall of Famers has not gone well. No, now, when he goes up against Adrian Peterson and and Calvin Johnson and maybe Everybody's Jimmy Graham, can I dog my man for stuff that happened when he was an undrafted rookie? I know, I know, it's okay. What he had a moment last year. No, but year I mean, like, okay. what was his moment? That play we were just talking about wasn't that a part of his work? I don't remember the the end, the last yeah, play yes, of the game yes, against the Rams. Yes, like wasn't that yes. part of his resume? He yeah. also picked off a future Hall of Famer in the playoffs before that. He let Robbie Anderson go ninety. That's all right. Just saying, are we happens. having? Are we doing the autopsy of Jeffy's Jeff career? I got it. We can do this about everybody. You're right. Every, everybody on this team, we can probably go through a dossier of but plays. That 2008. They didn't make this year. 2008 had a bunch of off-field drama, didn't it? Just yeah, like well, a ton. T.O. was here. Yeah. T- but, oh, like, was that the but, year of the helicopter flying over his place after the supposed? No, 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 no. What year was that? Because that, that might have been the craziest experience I've he ever wasn't had. With the Cowboys, was he? I thought he was still with the Eagles when that was happened. He? When well, they, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the overdose. I'm talking about the overdose. Yeah, that's what, what about, I'm talking about. But what about, I mean, that was, he was with the Cowboys then. Pac-Man was in 08, wasn't he? Tank and Johnson. Tank with the stuff in the trunk See, of the car. Uh, <laughs> 2008, there was a big, big trunk. See, that's big what's story. crazy about this year to me is like it's they're, – they're so up and down and there's so much weird stuff going on. They're not playing well. It's But there's no, like, drama. That none of the drama that typically <laughs> the whole drama is just y'all can't play. The drama is yeah, just that good. oh we thought y'all were really good and you're yeah. not like yeah. that's the drama. Oh wait, had drama because that was the year that To said that that Witten and Romo go out to Making practice and plays. draw up plays in the dirt. No, you know? when you said they were in their hotel rooms the night before games, yeah. making up plays. Which and... the ironic part of that was the 44 to six game at the end of the season against the Eagles when they had a chance to win yeah. it, they lost terribly. Yeah. There was the weirdest play you've ever seen where they like run the ball to Witten or T.O. and he throws it back to Witten. And when Witten throws it, maybe I don't remember something. It was like one of the better plays of the year, though. 
You remember that? I don't remember. So it was better than – did you get tweeted about the flea flicker that went two yards last night? Yeah. yeah. Any flea flicker in any football game televised, I get a tweet. It would doesn't have, matter. Miami, it, Ohio versus Youngstown State, flea flicker. It would have worked gangbusters if Nate Solder could protect the left side. But oh well, it is what it is. Could not. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We are back tomorrow, normal time, 1145. Till then, Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Danny Shrek. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?